0: As I walked out the front door this morning, I couldn't decide if the sun was going to shine or if it was going to rain, and to pick one, I just had to pick the direction I was facing. I want to say it's a beautiful morning on this Wednesday morning, and I will say it, because we're together for another hour of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, so happy to be with you this morning. Let's begin our morning in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. O sacred heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, I am excited. We're doing a a little bit of an encore show today. It's not an encore in the sense that, you know, like, Today's program aired previously. I'm I'm here right now on this Wednesday morning, June 7th, in our studio uh, speaking with you live. But everything we're going to play today um, is coming to us pre-recorded, but it's good for what we need to do today, and that's why we made the decision to do this. Some of it you may have heard before. Some of it you have not. And that's all ahead on the show. In fact, we're going to be hearing about processions. We're going to be hearing a lot about the Blessed Sacrament um yeah there's a lot we're going to be talking about today we're going to, to talk about heroes can't wait for that one so all of that's ahead but you know it has to come first and to find out which direction i should face towards the rain clouds or towards the sun if i want a rainy day or a sunny day if only it were that simple let's find out from mike roberts what's in store for us today
1: today is the feast day of saint anthony maria Gianelli. Born in Italy in 1789, he was one of the six sons of Giacomo and Maria who worked on a farm. Anthony was a devout and gifted student, and the owner of the farm was so impressed with his intelligence, he paid for Anthony to go to Genoa and study to be a priest. There, he excelled and was ordained in 1812, receiving a special dispensation because he was so young. He was made a professor and held that role exclusively for more than a decade. Then, in 1826, Anthony was given the added responsibility of being the archpriest at St. John the Baptist. Twice, he founded orders for men, but neither succeeded. However, in 1829, Anthony started the Daughters of Our Lady of the Garden, dedicated to teaching and also caring for the sick and aging with a great devotion for the Blessed Sacrament and the Blessed Mother. In 1837, Anthony was made Bishop of Bobbio. He had a gift for unifying the diocese personally and regularly visiting each of his parishes. However, in 1845, he developed tuberculosis and died on this day just one year later. St. Anthony Maria Gianelli. Please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player.
2: Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. The Holy Catholic Church infallibly teaches that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in the Most Blessed Sacrament, and that it is a sacrilege to receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin. Let us pray the Fatima prayer to the Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer Thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby He is offended, and through the infinite merits of His most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of Thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. We started the show
0: off today with a homily from Father Rick Heilman. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we want to actually go take a look at a couple of segments or give a listen to a couple of segments we've aired previously on the show to help us foster our devotion for Corpus Christi. So, this is an interview uh, from back in 2021 with Father Heilman about the power of prayer talking about the rosary as well as processions. And many of us are going to be gearing up to participate in processions this coming weekend. So let's go to that segment now. Father Heilman is with us on the phone. We're going to be talking about the need to pray the rosary each and every day. Father, good to have you with us. Oh, it's great to be with you. So, Father, you and I are on the same page. You know, we're on Roadmap to Heaven right now on Covenant Network. We're talking about the nitty-gritty, everyday things we have to be doing to grow in holiness. And I have long uh, been a fan of, of, of your, your Roman Catholic man, the U.S. Grace Force. I've been praying my combat rosary every, every day, and I absolutely love it. Why is the rosary, in your estimation, so important for us to be praying right now at this time in our nation and our culture?
3: Yeah, I think it goes back to Fatima, right? So Our Lady's warning there way back in 1917. And uh, I I think this is the weapon for our times. You know, I I always love uh, Padre Pio who said, bring me my weapon, you know. But uh, the idea that, uh, you know, it's Our Lady, what a wonderful gift we've been given. You know, being a family together, and and we're in that family, and we've been given a great gift to the Blessed Mother who is— uh, she's the new Eve, right? So while uh, uh, Eve let us out of the garden, uh, Mary brings us back in. But she's been given that that great uh, commission, if you will, to crush the head of the serpent. You know, a lot of writers and, and theologians talk about how, well, how dare God do that? She's merely a, a human being. You know, she's not one of the Trinity or why do you worship Mary or all that? you know, I just think, you know, why not have a mom? You know, why why not have Jesus' mom who is, you know, if you love Mary, then you you love Jesus' mom, then he loves you, you know? But I always say with Mary, she, she's our advocate, you know? And you could sit us with that as the, she's our defense attorney. I always think about being at the throne of God, and she's advocating for us, you know? But what a wonderful gift, you know? She's that tender heart of a mother, you know? She's like that. That mother bear, you know, <laughs> Let anything happen to her cubs, you know. So what a great gift we've been given.
0: I love it. You know, and that, that's an analogy I use quite often. Uh, you know, and my, my wife, we, we have small, uh, five children, and, uh, you know, she's the most loving person I know until something uh, threatens her children. Right. And then she turns fierce. And I, and I can only imagine our Blessed Mother does that. Father, you're, you're not content, though, just to say from the, the pulpit, let's pray our rosaries. You are working right now to uh with, with a great team to try and get us praying the rosary for our nation coast to coast.
3: Yeah, so you mentioned the United States Grace Force. We actually coined that term uh back in t- uh 2018 and the numbers have just been growing. I think we're up to 76,000 plus that are enlisted in the United States Grace Force. But our big uh spiritual warfare campaign is what's called no- Novena for our Nation every year uh, we tried to get everybody out usually on a, on a sunday afternoon uh get everybody out from around the nation and get outside get get out so you know put that lamp on the lampstand and and be seen and and bring bring your uh your rosary and 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 your army and get outside so we call it rosary coast to coast and actually people can go to rosary coast to coast dot com and you can just register you can say this is our group that's getting together and it could be two people but uh Every year we've been going out to uh, Washington, D.C., and we're on the nation's capital grounds there. We gather together. That's kind of an epicenter of, of everything that's going on, but we want to pray together. So this is like the nation outside calling upon God to pour out, you know, his richest blessing on our land. You know, that's that uh, 2 Chronicles 7:14 that he will heal our land, right? So go to rosarycoast.com and sign up your, your group, two or more. And uh, and let's get outside and pray together. You know, we did a big um, uh, procession in downtown Madison. We were walking right by the boarded-up shops with graffiti all over them up to the, our state capital. We had 3,000 people, and we had our own Bishop Hying and Archbishop Listecki was there. It was just glorious, and, and uh, there's a beautiful video that was made out of that, too. But there's a lot of people doing that same kind of thing as well, so two or maybe 3,000.
0: I think this is wonderful because I, I have long believed that we have this rich treasury of traditions and devotions such as processions that uh, you know we've just kind of put by the wayside um, you know growing up I, I never really experienced any of those except for on Corpus Christi but they're starting to make a resurgence you know we have had a procession here in St. Louis on the feast of St. Louis uh, they processed from the oratory church about two miles to this beautiful statue of Saint Louis and in our right. Forest Park, singing hymns and processing with an image of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and then praying the Rosary together.
3: Yeah, it's just been part of our tradition to get out into the streets to bring the Prince of Peace, bring Our Lady, and to call out to God and and to to say that you know you know we're we're not just hidden away. You know we got to get that like I said that lamp on that lampstand and get out into the public eye. And uh, and with our belief, and then also with uh, the inspiration of our of our, our processions.
0: Yes, I'm. I, you know, I'm more and more convinced as I look at the state of the country and, and the state of our world each and every day. This is, I think, you have to look beyond that, and uh, we have to. You know, we know who the victor is. But that doesn't mean we won't get swept away in the battle if we don't, we don't put ourselves out there and fight on the Lord's side. So what a joy it is to have you with us and to know of the U.S. Grace Force. There it's usgraceforce.com. Um, you can go there right now and, and check it out. Father, before we let you go, uh, could we ask for a prayer or a blessing for our listeners this morning?
3: Sure. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen, Father. Thank you so much for being with us this morning.
3: All right, it's a pleasure to be with you.
0: All right, we'll be praying for you. Have a great thank day.
3: You. All right, God bless.
0: So you know, an interview from a few years ago, but still relevant today. The the power of of taking our Lord, our our, our King, our Prince of Peace, out into the streets and having him lead the way to to change the world around us. To really, as uh, Father Hazing said yesterday on the show, to occupy our, our Lord occupies time and space. So let's uh, proclaim that to the world. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we've got more Roadmap to Heaven for you.
1: Prayer for the Gift of Prudence Jesus, artful master of parables, your prudence eluded the hypocrites. Your actions were known before creation, displaying all the wisdom of your prudence. Eternity must have attended to minutia. Being prudent in your best interest, you considered all potential consequences securing the outcome of your earthly life. Grant me the prudence to always be cautious and sensitive to the basic needs of others. Jesus, you have shown great foresight. Prudence truly originates from your being. Amen.
0: Next up here we have a segment we aired. Actually, uh, it's a series of segments we aired last summer with Dr. Scott Hahn on Eucharistic Revival that we have put together into one segment for you instead of playing three of them in a row. And it's some highlights as Dr. Hahn and I talked about Eucharistic Revival, something very relevant to help us get prepared to celebrate the solemnity of the body and blood of our Lord. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network, and we have begun a period of Eucharistic Revival here in the United States. And I could think of no one better to speak with about our belief in our Lord's presence in the Eucharist than Dr. Scott Hahn, a professor, the director and, and president of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, author, the, the list goes on and on. But I know you listeners are familiar with Dr. Hahn, if for no other reason you hear him on our airwaves. So Dr. Scott
2: Hahn, it is so good to have you with us this morning. It's great to be with you, Adam. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Dr. Hahn, we are talking about the Eucharist this week. We are talking about our Lord's presence in the Blessed Sacrament, and we have had so many discussions this year as we've heard the bishops talk about Eucharistic coherence and Eucharistic revival. But what we have not done is gone back to just a refresher of what do Catholics believe about the Eucharist. Because we often say, we don't believe in a symbol. We don't believe in just a a gesture, a commemorative action, that we're recreating the Last Supper, which is somewhat true, somewhat not, but there's so much more to it than symbolism or just recreating an event. So where do you start when you speak with Catholics about our Lord's presence in the Eucharist?
2: Well, we ought to ask the question, where does our Lord start? Because you know, here I am under the beautiful blue skies, and we start with creation, as our Lord did. The presence of God is already planted like a seed in all of creation, the heavens and the earth. But especially in the symbolism of the seventh day, whether or not it's telling us how much clock time it took for God to make the world, the point of the seventh day is the Sabbath, and the significance of the Sabbath is the covenant. And so God has already inscribed into time there at the beginning of Genesis— what it is that he has in view for us at the end of time, and that is a rest. But more than just a rest, it's the only time the word holiness occurs in all of Genesis. He sanctified, he hallowed the seventh day, Genesis 2, verse 3. And it's significant because it shows us that the plan of God is our holiness in his presence. But it also shows us that creation does not suffice because our first parents failed. And so when you look at the 50 chapters of Genesis and discover that the word holiness doesn't occur ever again in that book, then you're asking yourself, why? Well, because our first parents committed original sin. And so we move from the Sabbath at the beginning of Genesis to the sign of God's presence that is there at the burning bush at the beginning of Exodus, because there's an explosion of God's holy presence to Moses and Israel I think 98 times the word holiness occurs in Exodus. And so there you have something more than just little trinkets of the the bread and the wine of Melchizedek. I mean, there are signs that point forward to the Holy Eucharist, even Genesis, and other ones too. But in Exodus, what you have is the tabernacle as the culmination of the Exodus of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. The presence of God now dwelling not just in the Sabbath, in time, but in the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies, in the Ark of the Covenant covered with gold, and in the high priest who has God's holy name on his forehead and standing in the midst of his people, along with the bread of the presence. Literally, the bread of the panim in Hebrew is the bread of the face. And so God is advancing the program whereby he wants to make himself present to his people in Exodus in a way that we barely notice. Well, obviously, we don't have time to go throughout the entire Old Testament, but I, I wanted to indicate how in creation we have it, how in the beginning of salvation we find it, and then press fast forward because What is it that made the Exodus possible was, of course, the Passover, the lamb, the male lamb without blemish, without broken bones, slaughtered, the blood was sprinkled, and then the lamb was consumed as the climax of the Passover in the communion that brought Israel out of bondage and into the presence of God at Mount Sinai. And all of that, of course, points to all of this, because Jesus is the new Moses. He is the Lamb of God. He brings in a new covenant a new Exodus, and a new Passover. And what do we call it? The Eucharist. What does Jesus call it? In Luke 22, 20, Jesus calls the Eucharist the New Covenant, the New Testament. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the New Covenant. Kine, the in the Greek is novum testamentum in the Latin. The only time Jesus ever uses that phrase, the New Covenant, is when he's instituting the Eucharist, when he's giving to us something more than a sign or a symbol when he's giving to us nothing less than his own body and blood. And of course, this is sound doctrine, but it's more than religious rhetoric. It's more than Catholic talking points. Because if Jesus only utters that phrase, the New Testament on one occasion, when he's instituting the Eucharist, then the takeaway, the obvious conclusion that we've got to draw is that for Jesus, the New Testament was the blessed sacrament. Long before it became a doctrine, he doesn't say, write this in remembrance of me. He says, do this. And while we call this the Eucharist, that term wasn't employed until the final third of the first century. The term that Jesus applies to it is the New Testament, the New Covenant. So I discovered after more than 10 years of being an evangelical Christian, a Protestant, a New Testament Christian, that's all I ever wanted to be, but to be consistent as a New Testament Christian, I realized I'm going to have to become a Eucharistic Catholic, because the New Testament indeed is a sacrament before it becomes a document. According to the document, And that doesn't devalue the document, it enables you to get much more out of sacred scripture in general. But you also see on that occasion, when Jesus is instituting the New Testament, he's celebrating the Old Testament, the Passover, one last time, fulfilling it as the Lamb of God, as the High Priest, as the Tabernacle, as his body and blood are offered. And obviously, I could go on and on and on, but here we can see how... The New Testament is concealed in the Old, and the Old is revealed and fulfilled in the New, but it goes all the way back beyond Exodus into creation, when God the Creator revealed His purpose in establishing a covenant symbolized by the Seventh-day, and even though the first Adam fails to communicate that and forfeits itself, nevertheless the new Adam and the new Eve, the Blessed Virgin, usher in a new creation through the new covenant. And the Eucharist is this abiding presence, the sacred mystery of Christ's resurrected body, blood, soul, and divinity. And I think that's just a great place to start. That is a cornerstone, perhaps even a, a foundation on which we can build our faith, but also not just our belief system, but our life, and not just my life and yours, but our families, and not just our households, but our parishes and our diocese. Our towns, our cities, our states, and our country. And so I believe this is why the Holy Spirit is behind the project that the bishops have launched in terms of renewing our Eucharistic faith and devotion.
0: I think that's wonderful. And I I agree, it is a wonderful starting place for us. And I know we have more to say on the subject.
2: I do too, Adam. Thank you so much for your virtual hospitality.
0: I cannot thank you enough for taking this time with us. We're going to pause here to take a break. Stay tuned. That was our interview with uh, Dr. Scott Hahn last year to help us get ready for Eucharistic revival. And I'd remind you, we are in the parish year of that now. So uh, invite your friends to join you at the parish. If there's a Eucharistic procession happening for Corpus Christi, let them know and bring them along. You know, we shared a few of those the other day. I want to share one more. St. Gerard Magella Parish is having a procession this coming Sunday after the 11 a.m. Mass. And uh, so that that's wonderful. It, So join them for that. More processions after the weather and the daily dose of encouragement.
4: Prayer to St. Juan Diego of Guadalupe. O St. Juan Diego, in the appearances of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you, a humble peasant, were chosen as her messenger. Your faithfulness in this task is evident still today in the miraculous image the Virgin left upon your tilma. Intercede for me, I pray, that I might have your childlike trust in the Mother of God and that my heart might respond to her maternal promptings. Through such simple confidence, obedience, and love, may I join you one day in sharing everlasting joy where our Heavenly Mother reigns in the glory of her Son. Amen.
0: It's time to stop on this Wednesday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement. And this week, Patty is sharing with us quotes from venerable servant of God, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Patty, I have enjoyed every quote so far, and here comes another one.
4: Well, Fulton Sheen certainly packs a punch. I mean, these are the ones that hit me in the gut, I'll be honest, as I read them in this book. So uh, here's today's quote. Fulton Sheen said this, The person who thinks only of himself says only prayers of petition. The one who thinks of his neighbor says prayers of intercession. But whoever thinks only of loving and serving God says prayers of abandonment to God's will. And this is the prayer of the saints. True confession. I say a lot of prayers of petition and intercession. Every bead on my rosary is for someone else. Every chaplet of divine mercy, every station of the cross. I am praying for my intentions and the intentions of the whole world. And I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad at all. But honestly... It's probably overkill and a little bit off balance because I know that God knows all of my intentions beforehand. In my own life, I know where I need to grow. It's the prayers of abandonment, surrender and trust. So I want to work on this aspect of my life. I know I say plenty of prayers for my own petitions and actually for other people, but am I really praying to surrender my will, prayers of abandonment? And of course, my favorite is the one, Uh, From Charles de Foucault. So let's pray this prayer of abandonment in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray with me. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Since reading this quote from Fulton Sheen, I have decided that I am going to pray the prayer of abandonment now every day. Perhaps you will too.
0: A great challenge for us and one that I think we will all be better for taking up. Patty, thank you for today's encouragement. All right. There is a growing list of processions here in the St. Louis area, but I want to remind you of some outside of the St. Louis area. Out in Dexter, Missouri, there is going to be a Corpus Christi procession on Sunday following... The oh, I just had it here at 3:30 p.m. It will be at 3:30 p.m. Sacred Heart Church in Dexter, and uh it will be absolutely wonderful. We also have word from Dutton, Missouri, that Saint Vincent de Paul Parish in Dutton will be having a procession after the 10:30 a.m. mass on Sunday as well. And finally, I'd like to remind you that here in uh, my hometown of Saint Louis. There's going to be a candlelight procession Saturday evening. There will be uh, praise and worship and preaching at College Church at the cor- uh, corner of Lindell and Grand beginning at 6.30, then a procession at 7.30, a candlelight procession to the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis with benediction at 8.30 p.m., uh, presided over by Archbishop Razansky uh, Father Don Anstetter is giving the reflection. It's going to be a beautiful evening I am sure as well. So, and also, Patty Schneier wanted me to mention this. She said this. Uh, she heard the show, and she wanted me to mention this one. One of the oldest processions in the region, the North County procession, is going to be on, at 7 p.m. Sunday, June 11th following the 6 p.m. Mass at Most Sacred, or at Sacred Heart Parish in Florissant. And then the procession goes through the streets of Florissant, ending at the Old St. Ferdinand Shrine. Ice cream and bottled water will be available afterwards. So... Uh, what a be- there, there's lots of them. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to share a link to some of these at facebook.com slash Roadmap Radio on the Roadmap to Heaven social media channel. Uh, you can get the full list there, but be sure to check those out and, and give witness, public witness to the faith. We need heroes. That's how we started the show out. That's how we're going to end it, saying we need heroes to witness to the truth. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Tomorrow, we continue talking about our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament. So tune in for that here on Roadmap to Heaven. In the meantime you want to be close to our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, I would remind you to draw near to the Blessed Mother. The two are inseparable. She is always with her son. If you grow close to her, you will grow close to him. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thank you for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And as the Blessed Mother exhorted us in the Fatima apparitions, it's so important that you pray your rosary today.